0: This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. Episode 23 is brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo, October 30th to November 4th in Red Deer, Alberta. A week-long celebration of everything rodeo. There will be events on and off-site that will have you kicking up your heels. For more information, visit cfrreddeer.ca.
1: We're coming to you live from the kitchen. Seems like this is the first time we've been together for a while for a podcast. Did you you miss me? Uh. (laughs) Ah... Sure. Yeah, yeah there you I go. guess. We can, go. we can go with that. If that makes you feel good. Uh, I don't really care. It's whatever. You ask, so. So what we've been up to, though. I guess, so where was I last week when we did the podcast? I was in the tunnels of Moose Jaw. You were in the tunnels of Moose Jaw. That's right. I forgot about the tunnels of Moose Jaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't sure how that was going to go over. I got some got some good feedback on that. Some of <laughs> my buddies <laughs> like that one. <laughs> we're back home back at the headquarters it, back at HQ snowed in went out not really last week I was snowed in yeah you guys were snowed in I wasn't around when this when the snowed inness happened there's literally two feet of snow on the ground yeah it was I heard it was bad it sucked heard it was rough you guys lost a lot of good men in Nam, eh? lost a lot of good flowers <laughs> flowers all died yeah it was not nice like I went outside to go shovel and I just wanted to go back inside and just say yeah nope. I don't want to did a pretty this. good job. There's not a lot of snow. there's to nowhere run. to the worst part about shoveling snow in town is there's nowhere to put it. That's true. You got to shovel it a long yeah, way to get to the disposal yeah. zone. Yeah, it does. So oh, we do have a stuff. pretty big front yard. Yeah. We're just Try like to push it around. Quite but a you, bit. who wants to push two feet of snow from, but who wants to push it that far? Not me. Not Wasey. He's not going to do it now. It just seems like working. You got to work smarter, not harder. And that seems that's like that's true harder for no, for I can, you can it. cover up the tomatoes now they're done. Yeah, probably gonna, well, <laughs> hopefully we get a break from the snow here. Actually, it's supposed to warm up, not yeah. going to lie. Weather reports, Calgary. For, the, for those of you that... Uh, if you're coming to Calgary anytime soon, don't come until next week. Yeah, it's going to warm up on Tuesday. It'll be nicer. By the time you listen to this podcast, it's going to warm up. It's going to be awesome. A little bit of Indian summer in action, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So, if you want to call it that. And uh, speaking of Indian summer, thanksgiving oh, yeah. Thanksgivinger thanksgiving Just finished up. Oh, did you get some turkey in you? Uh, no. Actually, I made some soup no, Turkey time. That was it. We had Dustin over for Friendsgiving on Monday. Yes, yeah, uh, Friends for soup. <laughs> Friendgiving. Only one came over. Yeah, we only, yeah.
2: <laughs> he, <laughs> he just came for friend. the food.
1: He just came for the food. He didn't even say that long. He, just, he just came for the soup. soup. He just came for the soup. Ate and ran, brought his stinky socks in here. Yeah, they were bad. I haven't. I, I, Ugh, I didn't smell so it at bad. first, and then after I started smelling. After he was done his soup. Oh, like it I, was bad. That was rancid. It was real. He had not changed his socks in like four days. If Dustin comes by your place in the next couple weeks, make sure he keeps his shoes on. Tell him (laughs) him to put, either keep it, let him keep his shoes on. Or have a spare set of socks for him. Yeah. The kid needs some socks and uh, just, you know, just check those socks at the door next time, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was not nice. The worst part is like the worst bad. part about that situation though, is you can't smell your own brand, so he not he didn't know he didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know. He did it at the end though. He see, he like give him a sniff. He's like, oh, okay. Well, we got in his head about. It. He's like, oh, okay, these guys. Yeah, have, he I knew. Obviously, obviously, stinking. What would you rather, stinky feet or stinky breath for life or just yeah. for a day? For just forever. I think stinky feet because you can hide stinky feet a lot better than stinky breath. It's true because you can just put shoes on or wear slippers. It's true. You could just chew gum or have a mint. It uh, didn't one work? Yeah, I don't know. I think I already have stinky feet sometimes, so I'm just going to go with I think every one. dude ever has stinky feet. You're probably right. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. I probably would go stinky feet just because you, you get up and close with a lot of people and you don't that's always true. have a mint or a gum on hand. That was a bad wood, rather? That actually, actually was that pretty out. good. Yeah? That was mine. I don't mind that one. Okay. Yeah. So Thanksgiving, uh, my dad turned 75 on Friday, October 5th. The big 75. Had a big party for him. He didn't. He wasn't sure about the party thing, but we are like, dad, you're going to get way more scotch if we have the party at your house. Yeah. Turned out he got five jugs. Pretty good haul. Jugs. Pretty good haul of scotch. That'll supply him for like two and a half weeks. It's perfect. <laughs> two and a half <laughs> weeks. That'll keep him going for a couple of days. Uh, he'll be all right. <laughs> Happy birthday to Pa, though. That was pretty cool. And uh, come home back here on Saturday and uh, read a couple books on the weekend and kind of like books. two whole books. Relaxed. It was nice. That's pretty good, man. Uh, we got a new mixer, so newly that's a acquired, huge play. huge play, new acquisition to uh, HQ and the the podcast. A new mixer. I even did some uh, some red greening. Did some mixer surgery on it. Did some uh, crafting. It's got a custom handle, it's custom, a custom plated handle, chrome handle. With comes complete with a a roll of tape to put uh, new stuff on it. So wow. it's pretty slick. So if you see Teddy looking good with his new mixer, yeah, that's taking one, her man. to Abbotsford this weekend. Going to be a dandy. Damn. Oh yeah. All right, so what else do we got? This is get thanks- down to it. Thanksgiving episode. Usually the FCA finals is on Thanksgiving, yeah. and now it's a little bit later. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, still different. Hey, but so it's not, not strange. It's good. How, well, how does it affect the Sunday fun day? Or? I heard it had a great. Heard there's still a good crowd. Uh Sunday. I don't know. I haven't been to it for a while. Maybe we'll go this year. You want to go? No. <laughs> you don't. Okay. No. <laughs> I'll be ready to just watch foosball by the weekend. I think so. Yeah, I by Sunday. I could do. I got a pretty big week coming up. Yeah. It's CFR and stuffs getting close enough. Though. Oh yeah, you to, don't I need like, to go to Red Deer twice. No trips the, to Red Deer. Working the cutting this weekend, this week. That'd be pretty fun. Stampede Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Some cool. Sean's come down, down on the there. weekend. Yeah, it's pretty fun actually. It's all day. It's kind of like different. Like I like I have a real job again. Mm-hmm. I like leave the house here at like six forty-five. Got to be down there for seven thirty, and there all day just working. Sun's up, I'm working. Sun's down, I'm still working. Sometimes he's still working. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the day. Depends on the day. He could not be working. Depends on the day. Most nights he's working. But after the FCA finals, next week, CCA finals. Yeah, the old CCA. Wacey, 2014 CCA bull riding champ. Champ. The champ is in the house. Champion. Where's your saddle at? My mom and dad's. It's at your own dad's? Yep. Well, I got a saddle from the Wild Rose Finals. It's at my dad's house. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll we'll have to get it somewhere once I get my own place. Someday. Sometime, whenever. That once happens. I get my own place, I might do that too. There's no space in my house There's no saddles. space in your own place right now, no. 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 Someday I'll do it though. That's exciting. The CCA Finals is always a good time. Mm-hmm. Going to be a de- decent one on Old Speedy oh, yeah, you're, Creek. you're out there too, eh? Going to at Speedy Creek. Are That'll you going to go to the Living Sky Casino for a few spins? Oh, you know, I'll probably go for a few spins at the Living Sky probably gonna it's gonna be a dandy i went to the i went to the casino this weekend for a bit after at the oh yeah it was oh good. yeah i really enjoyed it yeah, i like play, I like broke into the house at 3 a.m that
2: that, that's pretty good what
1: happens <laughs> we got we just in. had some nugs on the kitchen table oh man i was oh i was <laughs> there's not there's probably particles and nugs on my new mixer because it was out still no i was i was far away from it <laughs> i was just like i was in rough shape at that point then the week after that, MFR. The MFR. It's not the NFR. It's the MFR. The Brandon MFR. It's going to be a dandy. That's always a good time. I love oh, yeah. I miss going out there. And then after that, we'll get right home from there and go right into CFR. CFR 45, Red Deer, Alberta. Be there. October 30th, November 4th. Yeah. We've got crazy. the musical acts out now. Lindsay L., Chris Buckband, Emerson Drive, and Captain Tractor. You Know what they sing? What do they sing? What do you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> what do you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> 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 That's your favorite song. This is Ted's ringtone. What? <laughs> early in the morning. That'll be Ted early in the morning after <laughs> that's the a, Captain Track. That's gonna be the theme concert. song of the CFR. What do you do with a drunken Teddy? <laughs> <laughs> they they'll probably change it for what do you do with a drunken cowboy? They could do that. They, they got that's got legs. Yeah, that could work, eh? So and if, the last Saskatchewan pirate. You said that the no, American worms did yes, it. Yes, they did it. Who's who wrote it? I don't know who wrote it, but... Somebody get back to us. I we know need it to arrogant, out it's an Arrogant wrote, worm song, man. Who wrote The Last Saskatchewan Pirate? Who is the first person? Who is it? Who wrote The Last Saskatchewan? I'm going to ask the Google. Who wrote The Last Saskatchewan Pirate? Arrogant Worms. Oh, Buddy, I'm from Saskatchewan. I guess. it's like, you, <laughs> that is your anthem. That's our anthem. We play before ho- every hockey game. <laughs> play- Captain Tractor cover version of the Worms last Saskatchewan Pirate. There you go. Where are the Arrogant Worms from? They're Canadian, guys. Oh, they, they are? They have a song. After this is over, they have a song It's called Me Like Hockey. You would like it. It's Really? Fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, listen Learning to it on the way. Stuff. Listen on the way to the Riverstone. Learning some new music on a uh, Tuesday night in Cowtown. But uh, that's going to do it for segment number one, Cowboy Shit. Episode number 23. Holy Santa Claus shit. It's almost as old as me. 20 to 5. Wacey's <laughs> well, episode, gonna episode number 25, gonna be right before the PBR World Finals, November. It's be uh, all about me.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> we'll be back after this with CEO of the PRCA, Mr. George Taylor.
0: You're listening to Cowboy Shit, with Ted and Wacey. Episode 23 is brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo from October 30th to November 4th in Red Deer, Alberta. It's going to be a wild 10-day celebration you do not want to miss. Make sure to get your tickets now at cfrreddeer.ca.
1: George Taylor from the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, the PRCA, joining us this afternoon. You say it's snowing today in Colorado, same as uh, it is here.
2: Yeah, a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain, cool. You know, so we've, we're getting it all in a single day, I think.
1: We had a foot of snow the other day. It's kind of uh
2: Wow. Yeah,
1: not ideal, but it's kind of melting a little bit here and there, and I don't know. It's yeah. what it is when we live in this part of the country. Perfect. I want to ask you first, uh, Mr. Taylor, uh, what drew you to the position of CEO of the PRC? I'm, I'm curious about how uh, the, the position came about. What was it someone that came and found you or did you apply or like, I I don't even know how it all happened. So
2: yeah, it's a very serendipitous story. If I really went into it, the long version, but I won't do that. I'll let you ask me some more questions, but at the end of the day, you know, a headhunter called me and asked me, you know, Hey, is, is this something you would consider? And, you know, I quickly told her that I hadn't had a lot of rodeo experience. I certainly had never competed and I had been to a few, but, you know, I I really was a business guy at the end of the day. And, you know, from my viewpoint, I was interested because we always loved the West and the culture of the West and had spent a lot of time out in the Colorado area. You know, over a period of 13 years, we had made this our second home, but I'd say more broadly You know, at the end of the day, we were reading a book. And in my previous job, I had a lot of responsibilities for sports and entertainment. But I was reading a book written by a headhunter that was involved with sports and entertainment. And he really said, when you're looking for your work, you should think about three things. And those three things were do something you love with people you love in a place you love. And I wasn't sure rodeo was that. But as I went through the process, you know, you don't have to be around the rodeo people very long before you say, hey, these are cool people to be around. And rodeo is certainly a very appealing kind of thing for people who are drawn to the West and animals and competition and being in a place you love. Well, we already knew we loved the West. And so at the end of the day, that was That combination of being engaged with sports and entertainment, being able to grow something, but then those higher level questions, doing what you love with people you love in a place you love. We were able to check those boxes, and that's really what drew us there.
1: Going back to your uh, previous ca- careers, would you tell us more about your background with uh, IBM and Caterpillar?
2: Yeah, I sure can. I, you know, uh, I was a computer science major at university, and I maybe an early adopter. That would have been in the early 80s, you know, and IBM was really the Google and the Facebook of our time at, during that time. And uh, I always had a dream to work at IBM as a computer science guy and uh, had an opportunity to join them right out of college and started off in the technical area and then got involved in marketing and sales and management. And my last position I had there was as the client executive responsible for all of Caterpillar's business with IBM worldwide. And they were a top 25 customer at the time for IBM. And that's how I got to know people like Caterpillar and found myself in a position where they offered, Caterpillar offered me a job in the strategy and acquisitions area and uh, started doing that with them. They got involved with sales and marketing and working with the Caterpillar dealers as a representative from Caterpillar and had a number of different leadership positions on both the engine and the, and the machine side of the business, worked some with finning up in your part of the world. And then I became an officer of the company and ultimately ran a significant portion of the business. For Caterpillar and aftermarket side and some large organizations. And then I became the chief marketing officer of Caterpillar and had responsibility for the brand. And like I said earlier, the sports and entertainment elements of Caterpillar's business and uh, worked a lot with innovation and technology. It was almost like I had come full circle from IBM again. Then I, I also had responsibility there for Cat Venture Capital, which was working with Silicon Valley companies and those types of things and I retired from there last July. So, you know, in a nutshell, about 34 years of my life between those two companies.
1: And now you've been at the PRCA since since the 22nd of January, and I'd like to know what your vision for the sport of rodeo is. As the the biggest organization in rodeo, one of the biggest with the PBR and western in the western sports business, but what's your vision in this with the sport of rodeo? Where do you see it going?
2: What I would tell you at a high level first is kind of really about our mission and what we view our role in, in sport of rodeo is and at the PRCA, and it's really about bringing membership and the sport together. You know, it's, it's relatively fractured, I'd say, you know, for a small sport, but we really want to unify our membership and expand that membership around driving an innovative fan experience to grow the sport exponentially and provide opportunities for people that are involved with it as a result of that. So, you know, that's what we think kind of where we fit in the ecosystem. But, you know, our our vision really is very much focused on trying to have the best cowboys with the best rodeos involved, driving that fan experience while positively impacting our communities and embracing the spirit of the West and continue to drive that as we go forward.
1: How, how has that been going so far? And, and what, which agreement or, or uh, gain are you most proud of in your first nine months now at the helm yeah. of the PRCA?
2: You know, I think at the highest level, it's about just it, the success we've had bringing people back together. And the American is now uh, is working with the PRCA. Colorado Springs, which was our own hometown rodeo, wasn't working with the PRCA at the time, so we've been successful working that. But it's really about getting people to come together around a vision to really drive the sport forward. And I've been very encouraged at the acceptance that we've had around that. You know, so this idea around unifying both, and there's a great commercial actually, and I think it's about two animals at the end of the day, but they're they're different animals, but they're together, right? And so for me, I think one of the best ending points of that, and it's about the operating system that run on all the non iPhones, you know, and it really talks about being together, but not the same. And I think that's an important part of what we as a sport need to do. We've got to learn to be together. We've got to learn to work on fan experience, but it doesn't mean we all have to be the same. So I think, you know, us all recognizing that and being able to move forward and grow the sport without feeling like everybody needs to be identical is a really important attribute.
1: As you mentioned, you've already brought back the American. What are your thoughts on sanctioning the Calgary Stampede again? And what challenges do you face with sanctioning these large rodeos like the American? And another one would be Houston.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we're super interested in working to do that. And we think it's part of bringing the sport uh, back together. And, you know, it's really about trying to drive a balance between a committee who's making a huge investment and what the Cowboys would like to see and bringing those two people in the same room with a common objective around ultimately providing a unique fan experience for those people who are are actually buying the tickets and providing the revenue for the sport so i think in historically that that trying to drive that marriage actually drove people apart. But I think if we can get to the point where we have a common denominator, which is to drive the fan experience, you know, that can only be healthy for both committee and for the cowboy contestants at the end of the day.
1: At the end of the day, we need fans to buy tickets to make this thing work. So You're right, I agree. We got to make the, have to put the fans first.
2: You know, uh. We've had a lot of discussion. There's always been a term in the PRCA, which I respect, which is we're a member driven organization, you know, and certainly what we're trying to do is benefit our members. But the path to get there is an important one. And sometimes people misconstrue being member-driven as you're only focused on the needs of the member. But what you've got to really focus on is what drives revenue that allows you to meet the needs of that member. And for us, it's about putting on rodeos, right?
1: It almost isn't about putting on the rodeos, though, for the PRCA, as you guys are the sanctioning body. So there's kind of a, you know, I would want to say maybe a disconnect there where you guys are sanctioning them, but you're not necessarily putting them on. Right. Right, like right. you you guys don't have a control on the product, which is like that's got to be a big challenge too where you don't actually have a real handle on the on the actual product that's going out.
2: Right. It's bringing those committees together who have a very strong sense of what will sell with a contestant that is also necessary in order to have a rodeo and the livestock, right? So it's about bringing all those people together to satisfy the fan at the end of the day. And that's how you get to benefit your members. And our members are both committees and cowboys. So it's about us trying to drive that collaboration to the point where we do something really special for a fan.
1: What are some of the next steps there? What What do you have to do to make this happen?
2: Well, ultimately, it's, it always is about getting the two groups or the parties in the room together, right? And we, we try to broker that relationship, you know, whether it's with Calgary or whether, you know, uh, the American, it was about, hey, how can we all focus on the same thing and do something really special for the fan? And then there's always some give and take in that relationship because different parts of the world require different things in order to be successful, depending on where you are. Certain fans like to see certain things, and we just got to recognize that and try to move it
1: forward. As a farmer marketing executive yourself, with one of the biggest companies in the on the planet, as far as I know, what do you think will help make rodeo more marketable?
2: You know, I, at the end of the day, I think it's it's about storytelling, and sometimes we think it's only about the competition. And you don't have to watch very many programs on television to understand that it's about the power of the story you can tell. And maybe it's an underdog story you tell about an athlete who came from the inner city and has been fighting against all odds to become successful. Maybe it's about an athlete who's had a tragedy in their life in some way, shape or form, or, you know, those types of things. And I, and, and at the end of the day, Marketing and athletics is about storytelling and what are the stories they can tell around that sport that touch people's hearts. There's a bit of a, uh, I, and I won't get this quote exactly right, but it's Maya Angelo. She says something to the effect of, hey, people won't remember what you say. They'll forget what you do, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And our sport makes people feel certain things. And it could be the prayer before we start. It could be the national anthem for which everybody is singing and respecting. It could be any variety of those things. So it's really about getting people to understand and know the sport of rodeo through storytelling.
1: How do you plan to tell those stories as well?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of that is around how we run the events and how we broadcast them. and I think one of the better organizations at telling stories is the Olympic movement at a, at a high level. You know, when the Winter Olympics were in Calgary, you learned a lot about Calgary and the stories of the athletes and those types of things. And so some of it is in the production and media coverage, which we're driving more focus on how do we do that? And that is where a lot of that real power. So we got to touch the fans that are in the stands, but you also have to do the same thing through media. And those are the things, a couple of the things that we're very focused on.
1: What has your year been like so far as CEO of the PRCA?
2: Well, it's been a learning year for sure, right? Uh, As I said early on, I didn't come from a great, rich history of competing in rodeo and the NFR and being involved putting rodeos on. So, you know, it's really been focused on the people and getting to know the committees and getting to know the the Cowboys and, and as many of the committees as possible. So, it's been a lot of time on the road and understanding the people and what they think will make it work and how we can grow the sport and have it go on for another eighty or ninety years, so you know it's really been about learning and putting to practice the great things that I learned through my thirty plus years out in industry as a business guy to think about how can we begin to drive revenue and satisfy customers slash fans in this business in order to to have it continue on
1: as part of your your vision and with the PRC, what kind of what other changes might we expect in the in the coming years?
2: Yeah, you know that's a great question. You know, at a high level. I think I've kind of alluded to this. You know, one of our strategic areas of improvement is to become better known. And rodeo is certainly known. We have a base of fans of, what, 43 or 44 million people that would say they're a rodeo fan, which is interesting. We'll have 6 million people, over 6 million people attend a PRCA rodeo during the year but Interestingly, there's not a lot of people outside of rodeo that can identify the characters, the locations, you know, all those types of things. So how do we become better known, you know, and, and the power of personalities in the sport, uh, we've got to continue to leverage. So a big piece of what we are focused on is driving a growing base of fans and being the in, undisputed best at what we do. So that's one high level thing. The other thing we're trying to look at is how do we leverage and drive and improve and expand our digital experiences for our fans and our membership. So, you know, if you want to track rodeo, it's hard to know where Sage Kimsey is going to be next week. It's hard to get reports on how did he perform, or if I want to know what the season's like for these cowboys, how do we do that? And we think we can do a better job of that on the digital front and having people better understand the sport. We have an initiative called Boots of the Cowboy, and that focus is around having people understand the statistics around the sport. How fast is the horse going when when, uh, the cowboy jumps off it to wrestle the steer, You know, what's the G-forces being generated by a bull that's spinning? How high did the horse buck? You know, all those types of things that drive fan engagement. Those are two areas that broadly we're trying to drive a better fan experience and and more knowledge and awareness of the sport.
1: I want to mention the NFR before we uh, jump off the phone call here. I'm not sure if anything or if many things will... uh be different there with the uh, with uh Boyd running the finals this year but I'm curious about about that too will will anything maybe be different there at the NFR this year under Boyd's I guess leadership
2: Yeah well I think you know Sean uh is still firmly in the driver's seat there and Boyd's uh Boyd there learning from Sean and next year will be Boyd's first year with his hands on the steering wheel And Sean will be there observing and helping in that transition. And I think all the great things Sean brought to the rodeo, certainly as a transition occurs with a new leader, there no doubt be changes, but there aren't any imminent changes for this year, you know, and I don't think we've really identified the next ones. But change for an organization is always absolutely critical. You're either changing and becoming more responsive to, the needs of your fans or else you maybe could be dying, you know. So I think change will, will be a part of our story in the sport as we go forward so that we better meet the needs of the customers who buy the tickets.
1: What changes do you think would be most important in the next uh, few years here?
2: Well, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about on the media side in particular. So it's less about the in-game or in-venue experience, Uh, We talk a lot about media and telling stories and, and you can do some unique things with media that in the coverage that will certainly show that, but in the venue, I think I would expect to see more technology. I would expect acts to change, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you go to a rodeo, you expect to see great athletes competing on great livestock. And, and I think that will always be a core element of it. There'll be new pieces of technology that will help you experience it better. There might be a fantasy element to it or those types of things. So it's it's going to be the marriage of that physical event with digital experiences as well that enhance it.
1: I, I recently read something, uh, maybe in a rules segment, but it said that uh, the American Next Year $50,000 will count to the standings. That's part of the uh, part of the agreement. But will there be maybe a point system at some point? Or do you think it might be easier to go that route? Or will we stay with the money system? Or what do you think that way for standings? And, and
2: I think money is always going to be important. But when it comes to standings, you know, I think we're one of the few sports that still would be on a dollar count. And, you know, these biggest rodeos really kind of emphasize the impact of You know, the idea when you put somebody into the highest level finals like the NFR, you want to make sure it's the best cowboy who competed against the best competition on the best livestock and was successful the most often. That ought to be the people that are represented there, not somebody who won one single rodeo and happened to be enough to get them qualified. So I think those big rodeos sometimes... Drive that impact, and we've got to make sure that you know our point system, if you will, reflects that best athlete achieving and getting to the finals and winning and so you know we're we're going to experiment this year with a point system for the sixty largest rodeos that are part of our tour, and you know I think that will give us a good idea and give us an opportunity to experiment with that for our finals that we hold in Piala this year.
1: And will that be something public or will that be like, will there be another set of standings for that, that Uh, the public can see?
2: Yeah, there'll be a, there will be a tour standings on those 60 rodeos that will be points based.
1: Very cool. That, and that was something that was kind of done this year with maybe 15 or 20 rodeos.
2: Yeah. There was 22 rodeos on the tour. Okay. But uh, you know, I would say it was, a little bit less sophisticated we'll probably we'll go deeper at each rodeo in terms of giving out points and if you finish uh, just for argument's sake if you finish 35th at a very large rodeo you're going to get some points but it's going to be significantly different than the guy who wins it right
1: okay and how, how so, is that system being how how is it coming to Life, I guess, who's, who's making it up and how, how's it happening?
2: Yeah, so we spent a lot of time researching different point systems. You know, we looked at tennis, you know, system, we looked at the PGA system, we looked at NASCAR, we looked at world surfing, we looked at PBR. And so we did a lot of evaluation of different approaches and we developed one that we thought made sense based on looking at all these other sports that were engaged in point based systems. And adapted one and developed it, and we're finalizing it right now during the month of October with input from our committees and from our contestants both. And that will be what we use for the tour this year. As we go forward, we'll adapt it based on uh, how that all works. You know, and if you think about this, a lot of people think it's only the biggest rodeos that that are driving this change, but, you know, just for argument's sake, is a $5,000 per event, payout, uh, rodeo, twice as good as one that pays 2500 or half as good as one that pays 10000 So that's been a lot of the discussion is, again, making sure that your point system reflects accomplishment against the best competition in the most high-stress circumstances. So that's what's driving it. You know, dollars doesn't always do that for us.
1: Okay. Uh, that was... Really cool to hear about. I, I didn't know that was the way things were going, so I appreciate you sharing that with us and letting us know about it. And we'll uh, let you get back to work, but I, we sure appreciate your time, Mr. Taylor. Thank you very much.
2: Well, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoys a rodeo, get to the NFR. Thank you so much for your time.
1: You betcha. We'll see you there in a couple of weeks, I guess. It's only a month and a bit okay. now. so
2: Perfect.
0: You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey.
1: When you were talking about throwing up, what was the, what was the sound? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I don't want hurt my throat.
0: <laughs> Episode 23 is brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo in Red Deer, Alberta, happening from October 30th to November 4th. The best rodeo competitors across North America are coming to us. So you definitely do not want to miss it. For details, visit cfrreddeer.ca
1: Thanks to uh, Mr. Taylor for being on the show today. He seems like a interesting guy I like uh, what do you think what the point system for the uh, for the PRCA here coming up in future years well next year it'd be I think if they get get it right I think it'll be it'll be fine I think it's got to be simple for one it's got to be something people can follow Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're going to do if it's going to be like per round at different rodeos or if it's going to be like just a total payout or what it's going to look like Like I'm curious to see how it works but the PBR now it's something that we can kind of follow like I kind of know what the point breakdown is in Canada, we know if we win a Velocity or you win a Touring Pro, you win 60 points. Mm-hmm. You win a Monster, you win uh, 120 points. So I think uh, it's got to be followable so people understand it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, proportionately, got yeah, to work too. out that way Yeah, it's got to work out. Like He made a good point where he says, like, it's got to work out too, like where the guy who's doing the winning
2: yeah. is still the guy. Consistently. How, which, and then, which,
1: yeah, it's got to be consistent. Because yeah. you can't just go win Calgary and make the NFR, which no, is, exactly. Which is, I understand, like, it's a good point. Or mm-hmm. you win the American, you win, make the NFR basically, like... Mm-hmm. You got to win every week. And you got to win, you know. Yeah, we'll be taking a from a guy, a guy who goes to that eighty rodeos or hundred rodeos. Got to go to, yeah, to make the finals and doesn't make it. Yeah, kind of he, they can't. where it'll be interesting with a guy like Jake Vold that goes to thirty-five rodeos and make the finals, but will he make the finals on the point system? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. But will it be good for guys to keep going or make them go more or less mm-hmm. or what do you you know what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be. I think it's going to be the come down to the breakdown and how many points are available at each level, like each yeah. level of rodeo. Because you're going to have like your your A-class rodeos, your B-class rodeos, your yeah, C-class true. rodeos kind of thing, right? Where it's going to be like... It might play th- into Jake's hand because he might be able to go to less rodeos and still win at those rodeos yeah. and get enough points That's to go. Just it. Yeah, and then if he gets if he wins every time, it's okay. And then he's going to, maybe he'll be... Closer to a guy like O'Connell at the finals for not going to as many rodeos. Yeah, I think maybe that's that would be the key to like keep yeah. guys healthier too. Like you'd see yeah. guys are busting their ass going to hundred rodeos. And yeah, just to get the being so trying banged, to win some more being money. so banged up. Yeah, that's, that's true. Good. I think it's good too. Like kind of going drifting away from that point is having a guy who has like an outside looking in perspective on rodeo. That's true. In the mix, it's like it's easy to have bring someone in who. He's been involved and been around it forever. Yeah. And like, but then you get someone, with oh, he looks at it from different angles, which maybe oh, some yeah. people wouldn't do it. So I think that's a good, it's pretty healthy move for the PRCA. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Interesting, interest, interesting to see what the next few years looks like and what so happens with PRCA rodeo. Speaking of uh, NFR, PRCA, six Canadians going to the Wrangler NFR, if you haven't heard yet. And they are Orrin Larson, Curtis Cassidy, Scott Gintner, Clay Elliott, Zeke Thurston, and Carmen Pazabon. Nice, a barrel racer. Yep. Zeke, Clay, Scott, Curtis, and Oren have all been before. Carmen's first trip, first barrel racer since uh, Deb Ranger in 2015. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oren, though, we did a little bit of research. Number crunching. This is his fourth consecutive NFR appearance, which ties him with Davy Shields Jr. and Dale Trotter for the fourth most amount among Canadian bareback riders. Nice. Jim Dunn is third with seven qualifications number two is steve dunham eight qualifications wow which five of them were in a row so and that's the most of any canadian so if oren gets two more he breaks that record but robin burwash number one of canadian bareback riders make it a made it nine different times between 1983 and 1994 it's pretty damn good pretty impressive mm-hmm. so oren up there in some pretty cool yeah he's on the season territory. And he's in the mix. Like he could he could Oh yeah, goes in make the, it goes in number 4 in the world. Yeah. Uh, we got a few guys that are yeah he's in contention Curtis Cassidy's season leader yeah, number one Bulldog and Scott's s- third isn't he yeah Bulldog and so tight though it just matters what happens in Vegas mm-hmm. but it's awesome to, for him to be right at the top Zeke Thurston's right up there Striking Clay Elliott's within 60,000 which is only two rounds two mm-hmm. and a half rounds Carmen's down there number I believe she made it in 15th spot yeah I think she's right, at, right on there Yeah. but barrel racing you know well barrel racing's pretty far off Kins has won over 200,000 already it's so. tough but, but, I mean, but I mean she, she made it Yeah, that's pretty damn cool go down there and win grounds and, and make some money exactly and for those that don't know carmen is a cousin of of ty Posibon. it's pretty interesting pretty cool pretty cool so pretty you'll cool see stuff. that Posse 23 on her hat this nfr but speaking of coming events cfr 45 coming up soon Just proud proud sponsor of the podcast friends of the pod friends of the show really nice good friends of the show they're good cfr friends. 45 they treat as well also, this weekend, return of the PBR Canada Monster Energy Tour in Abbotsford, British Columbia, October thirteenth at the Abbotsford Center. And that's usually a heater of an event, isn't it? Oh yeah. You guys do well. Last of year, uh, was it last year or the year before? Was Lonnie West's first PBR win and now he's on the tour. Last yeah. year's last year before like the year that, that's go. when he went on the heater before the Global Cup when he won make yeah. like, all that. Yeah, exactly. Crazy money. So it goes from winning his first PBR to being on tour now, mm-hmm. contending for a Canadian title once again this year in the mix. Uh, Lachlan Richardson's number one in PBR Canada standings. See what happens this weekend. But Brock's uh, actually in down south. So he won't even be around. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting he'll what happens if he'll be around for... Lachman's uh, down there too, isn't he? Yeah, you're right. So Coverchuck's cover the truck, yeah. The door's open if he wants to step through it. Wide open. We'll see. Stay tuned. Speaking of PBR... On Ride Pass this weekend, watched Dakota Butter smash out another 90 point ride, 90 and a half on Rising Sun in the championship round. That was good to see him have this is, a good weekend. He was this his third 90 of the season. He never had one before and he got three this year. Mm-hmm. He was talking, I talked to him yesterday about it and he said his, he has that confidence now to go pick those ranked bulls and know he, he can, can ride, ride them. them. Oh, heck oh yeah. yeah, he can for and sure. And made him look like he spurred mm-hmm. that bull for a 90. Mm-hmm. And too bad he missed winning the event by half a point. Yeah. Kaikei rode Stuntman Ray and beat him. But, yeah, I've seen a lot cool. of people saying that it could have went either way, which is yeah, that's why we're not doing this though. Exactly. But no, it's good good for him not though. Like, he was like one for ten going into that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So to go for three for three on the best bulls in the world and get some confidence back going into these last few events in the world finals. Like, shoot Pretty what awesome. more do you want, right? Yeah, exactly. Pretty awesome. So Tanner's back this weekend, too, isn't he? I don't know if he's back. I he- seen him stretching out a bull rope. Oh, okay. Instagram, so <clears throat> when I talked to him last week, he said something, he wrecked some tendons or ligaments in his ankle. Yeah. So he might not right. come back to the world finals based yeah. on what he said. The maybe he did not practice last week. Could have been, don't know. Maybe he just stretching out a rope. Who knows? Maybe. Might have been a said, slow Tuesday. Maybe he's bored in OPA. <laughs> yeah. Could be. You never know. Brock is still five points out of the world That's final That's crazy spot. how tight it is down there. Yeah, behind Marcus. Lonnie's a little bit ahead of them. at 30 seconds. How many points ahead is he, though? Ooh, I would know. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's pretty... He's, like, he's at least 30, though, I'd say. Yeah, he's he's, a, well he's a little bit safe. Yeah. Tanner's got it made. Dakota's... Dakota's actually number 13, and he's... It's a pretty big jump to get up in the top 10 now. So he's going to have a, to do another big event. It's another 300 points to get up to that top 10. So uh, that is one of his goals, though, was to be top five. So he could still get there this year. Yeah, it's not out of Depends on the world finals. He strings a few rides together there, you can win a ton of points. So yeah, he's got yeah two events left. He can do well there and then yeah. the world finals and anything And possible. Brock was back this weekend. and uh, He started uh, a couple um, good rides, didn't he? Yeah, he went to seven seconds in the first round, seven and a bit. Next one, I don't, I don't know what he was, maybe four or five. But still started a couple good rides. And uh, Lonnie West, we expect him back probably for the weekend before CFR. And potentially, depending on what what happens, I mean, those guys still might have been at the Velocity Finals, depending on what goes down here in the next couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we will see. Lots of exciting things happening. Make sure to tune in. That's my favorite time of year for Rodeo. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. The best time. The greatest time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 23, though. See you next time. Bye.
0: Episode 23 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy was brought to you by the Canadian Finals Rodeo, happening in Red Deer, Alberta, the new home of the CFR from October 30th to November 4th. Ten full days of thrilling Western entertainment. It's a show you don't want to miss. For details, visit CFRRedDeer.ca.